0: James chapter number one. James, the servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. Next two words, my brethren. Say it with me, my brethren. How many you are glad you're in that crowd? <laughs> yes. Amen. See, I gave you time, Derek. Count it all joy when you fall into dying versus temptation. Next two words. Say it again. Aren't you glad you know something? That the trying of your faith worketh patience. So let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect and entire. Next two words. Say again. I wonder how many Christians will get all the way to heaven and will have never experienced the Christian life wanting nothing. Now you're going to heaven because of Jesus. Say amen. amen. There's nothing you can do to lose your salvation. About 60, you agree with that? There's nothing you can do to lose your salvation. And I give them eternal life. They shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. This is the record that God has given us eternal life, and his life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things I have been written on you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Peter says we are kept by power until what? The day of redemption. When's the day of redemption? When Jesus comes back. Our faith shall be made sight. Our redemption will come. Listen our redemption is coming when Jesus comes back. Until he comes back, I am kept by power to the day of redemption. I'm I'm wretched. I mess up. I'm flawed. I fail. But because of Jesus, I'm saved for eternity. This passage is not talking about salvation. It's talking about once you're saved, living in such a way that you're wanting nothing. If you want to live that way, say amen. By the grace of God, we can. Let's pray together. Father, I pray you add thy blessing to the reading of your word. Cleanse me of sin. Empty me of self. And fill me with your spirit. Do a work like only you can. And might Jesus be magnified and glorified. Somebody in here doesn't know Jesus as Savior. Somebody tuning in doesn't know Jesus as Savior. Somebody that listens to this at a later date doesn't know Jesus as Savior. Might that one know? That there is still room at the cross. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Might that one get saved today? Find the devil, put a hedge of protection about this place, making no way hinder the work of the Holy Ghost of God. Do what you do in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Wait just a moment. There we go. All right, you may be seated. Thank you for standing. James, brother Lord Jesus Christ, is writing this epistle. James is the author. He's writing to the audience of 12 tribes scattered abroad. These 12 scattered tribes of the nation of Israel were believers living outside the promised land and living in spiritual decline. James spoke to these Christian Jews who were going through problems, dealing with issues. How many of you know that life had a lot of issues? <laughs> problems like personal problems in their life and church fellowship problems like impatience and difficulties problems like talking a lot but not walking what they talked they couldn't control their tongue they fought they coveted. They bickered. They were envious. They were collecting material toys. They were desiring riches. They were asking for things, not for the glory of God, but to consume it upon their own lust. So thereby they were persecuted. They were going through poverty. Many of them were battling illnesses and sickness. They were worldly. They were disobedient. They were straying away from the Lord and straying away from the church. How many of you say those are problems and they're real? Here's where they stemmed from, spiritual immaturity. They will say, You can't get any more saved than when you get saved. But you can grow up. And they'd not grown up. Their their Christian life was stymied, Their, their growth was stale, and they weren't moving, there was no progressing. There was no moving forward. And so they were Christians who should have been on meat and they were still on milk. They should have been walking and they were still crawling. They should have been feeding themselves and somebody was having to feed them. And so therefore they were impatient and they did not have faith that was proven by their walk and not by their talking. Their their mouths were out of control and they were striving and they were envious and they knew better, but they weren't living better. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Just because you know the Bible doesn't mean you live in it. Here they were just as saved as saved could be, but spiritually immature. I meet Christians all the time. They've been saved for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. I've grown up in church. I got saved at a young age. I meet them knocking on doors. I meet them in the store. I meet them when I'm traveling. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. They can give you sound Bible reasons why, if they died that very day, that they'd wake up in the presence of God. The most important decision you'll ever make is to accept Christ as your Savior. If you're in this room today and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, if you never joined this church, you never come back again, you don't come to Sunday school, if you're Children aren't involved in the youth group. If you never respond to any correspondence you get from this church, we want you to know Christ as your Savior. The best thing in the world is being saved. But let me tell you something if you're saved and you're not growing in your Christian life, you're more miserable than a lost person. And you can't encounter what comes in life naturally in a proper way. Because spiritual maturity is essential to be able to thrive in the Christian life. Now listen, you can survive in the Christian life not being spiritually mature, but you certainly can't thrive that way. So James is writing here. He says, hey, spiritually mature people, we're talking about growing up, we're talking about maturity, we're talking about getting grown in the Lord. If that's gonna happen, you're gonna have to find out how to count it all joy. I'm talking about an exuberance an enjoyment a pleasure a, an embrace of trials diverse temptation various multivaried, colorful diverse trials and tribulations Count it all joy one is wisely said you're either going through a trial you're coming out of a trial or you're headed for a trial so until jesus comes we better get used to trials by the way aren't you glad that when he comes back there'll be no more trials no more sorrow, no more pain, no more darkness, no more tears, no more crying, no more fear, no more homework, no more medication, no more doctor's appointments, no more going to work every day. No more maximize. Somebody said to me this week, it ain't the job, it's the metro ride. No more riding to the metro, no more. Hey, listen, when you get to heaven, it's all going to be good. But listen to me now, just because it's going to be good then doesn't mean, doesn't mean it can't be good now. Every child of God is on the plane headed for heaven. But by the grace of God, if I were you, I would want to fly first class. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. So James says your outlook can determine your outcome. Your defeat can be turned into deliverance. Your lemons can be made to lemonade. Your your victimhood can turn into being a victor. Your trial can turn into a triumph. Your test can become a testimony. Somebody say amen. But how? Pastor, I'm so used to motivational speaking and I'm so used to preachers saying, enjoy it, enjoy it, smile, smile, smile. You ever heard somebody tell you, get a smile on your face, wipe that frown off your face. And you were thinking to yourself, if you were going through what I was going through, you'd be trying to smile, but I just can't find my smile. Listen to me, you're not going to smile because somebody told you to. You're going to smile because of your walk with the Lord. Sometimes we're trying to program people into being excited about the Christian life. Sing louder. Be excited. Clap your hands. Wave your hands. Get a hanky out. Get excited about serving God. But if all we're doing is telling them that when they come to church, and they're not living this Bible when they're not in church, we can yell it all we want to, but you don't get joy from the music leader or from the pastor. You get joy from Jesus. Now James is telling us in chapter 1, how we can count it all joy number one we are assured of some facts assured of count it all joy when you fall in the divers temptation if james's chapter had ended there we'd all be in trouble i heard you james i heard you count it all joy count it all joy everybody say it with me count it all joy count it all joy turn to the person side say count it all joy turn the other way say count it all joy all right now look at the person just said it to you say get out my face no don't say that but, but you know what That's sometimes what we think when people are trying to pep us up into living the Christian life. When you get annoyed, when people try to tell you sound biblical teaching, you're not annoyed because of what they said. You're annoyed because what they said reveals what you're not doing. You can have joy in the Christian life. And let me say this. We better get out of this mindset that everybody's got joy ain't going through what I'm going through. And if I had it like they did, I'd have joy. And if they had it like I did, they wouldn't have joy. Let me tell you something. My Bible says Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. Isaiah says his visage was so marked. That literally means you couldn't tell he was a human being. For the first time in all of eternity, God became sin for us who knew no sin. How in the world can you, for the first time, take on the sins of mankind? Uh, Corinthians says, He was made to be sin for us. You know what that means? He didn't just pay for our sin. He became or he didn't just pay for rape and pay for murder. He became a murderer. He beca- how could Jesus, omniscient, knowing what the cross would be like, knowing what he would face, knowing that Judas would betray him, knowing that, knowing that his own would disseminate, knowing that the Jews would mock him, knowing that they spit on him, they'd mock him, they'd rip his beard out, they'd mock him with a false sign up in front of him, knowing that the devil would try to whip him, and knowing that his own people would turn on him, and knowing that he'd be put in a borrowed tomb for three days, how could he? for the joy Set before him, enduring the, endure the cross I tell you why, there were certain things that he knew He knew that the cross was horrible He knew that becoming sin was horrible He knew he'd be separated from his father But he also knew that there was no other way That mankind could be redeemed There was no other way that you and I could be redeemed And I'm going to tell you something When he was on that cross He looked forward 2,000 years later To a day in September 2022 When a congregation of believers Would be sitting at 5811 Hoffman's Lane Bailey's Cross Old Virginia 22041 and he saw your wretched soul headed for hell and he knew that one day you'd meet a woman that uh, against her p- proper judgment would say yes to you and marry you. Somebody say amen. amen. You'd have children. He knew you'd live in a country in America where the Bible could be preached. He knew that missionaries could be sent all over the world. I'm glad that he didn't look at the cross and say, I don't want to do this because it's horrible. He looked at it with joy and because of Calvary, you and I are alive today. Thank God for the joy. Shut Well, yeah, 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 pastor, but but Jesus was God. That's what somebody's thinking. I mean, if I was Jesus and I was God, man, I'd enjoy my trials too. Let me tell you something. He was God, but the Bible says he learned obedience. Philippians chapter 2, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. You know what that means? He was God with all power in his hands, but he chose to restrict his own divine abilities. He chose to submit to the Father, not because he had to, but because he chose to. Let me ask you a question. If God could become man and submit to God the Father, what in the world is wrong with us? Knowing this, Jesus knew. He knew what was beyond the cross. Now, what do we know? in james chapter one we know that we are tested people the trying of your what james chapter two i got faith i got faith james says you show me your faith without your works you don't have any faith faith without works is and we're not preaching through the whole book of james so i might as well tell you what james chapter two said you want to say you got faith and you have any works so do the devils they believe and tremble Don't you ever believe that Satan is an atheist? I mean, the most evil being ever created believes in God. And when his minions, at least maybe about 6,000 of them, possessed that man named Legion, right? He said, for we are many, all right? And a couple thousand of them, at least we know that they went to the swine and a couple thousand swine died. So a couple thousand of those demons were in Legion. Legion was possessed. He ain't had no clothes on. He slept in the cemetery. He cut himself up. He was a menace to society. Nobody could do anything with him. This crazy, naked, out of control man, the first time he saw Jesus said this, I adjure thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God. I can't figure out how crazy men possessed with demons know Jesus is the son of God and people that are religious can't seem to figure out who he is. You gotta have faith that's not demonic, you gotta have faith that's dynamic, alive. So James says, Don't talk about it. You got to walk it. So the trying of your faith. Here's what I'm telling you. Your faith works better when it is tested. And some of you are going through trials right now you say, I don't wish it. I don't want it. I'll be glad when it's over. I would have never selected it. I don't know why God gave it to me. Somebody said to me recently, I'm not trying to complain, but I just don't understand why God would give this because if he did, what good is he going to get out of it? Listen, God is too wise to be mistaken. God is too good to be unkind when you can't see his hand, when you can't trace his plan, when you can't understand what he's doing trust his heart you've got to know he knows what he's doing he never makes a mistake he never says oops did it ever occur to you that nothing ever occurred to God he knows our today our yesterday I don't know what the future holds but I know who holds the future so when a trial comes that death in the family that lost job that accusation that friend that betrayed me, that money that gets funny and that difficulty and that physical ailment, ailment and I can't figure out I've got to know that my faith works better when it is tested The teacher learns that the student has learned the material when he passes the test. Now, listen to me now. If you're tired of your trial, the last thing you need to do is fail in the trial because you can't get promoted to the next trial or to triumph until you pass the test. So the longer you fail the test, the longer you're going to stay in the same class. And I wonder sometimes if the expediting of deliverance from our trials is not held up by our continuance to flunk the test. We're tested people. We're evaluated. We're exposed. We're enlightened. As, as the assayer does to the gold, he needs to give it value to find out what the gold is worth. You, you, you drive past all these places and cash for gold, cash for gold, cash for gold, cash... Pawn shop cash would go. Uh, You walk into some of these places and you take, you ever took something you thought was real valuable and then it got uh, evaluated and you found out it looked good but it wasn't no good? You ever been bragging? Oh, look at this. And people look at oh, that is so nice. And you say, yeah, yeah, it got my ear breaking out, you know? Well, you ladies, right? Uh, You know what that means? It's cheap. Not everything that glitters is gold. I saw that everything that glitters is gold. And sometimes something, the shiniest stuff in the store is the cheapest stuff in the store because the one who values it can prove that it's not worth it. Listen to me. You can shout in church. You can clap your hands. You can look good on Sunday. You can have all your stuff together, but not everything that glitters is gold. You don't prove you're a good Christian by how loud you shout on Sunday. You prove you're a good Christian by how much you thrive in your trials. Tested people. And then we are taught patience. This is what I'm going to look at today, just for a few moments. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith, watch this now, worketh patience. It produces patience. (laughs) How many of us, said, may we need more patience? Uh, Listen, Peter says it, it brings a more exceeding eternal weight. Think it not strange concerning that fiery trial that is in you. Second Corinthians chapter 4, the light of fiction, affliction that worketh on us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. Hebrews 10, 36, for ye have need of patience that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. The Bible says after we suffered for a while, uh, Abraham uh, had to withdraw Through faith and patience, uh, Peter said we're going to inherit the promises of God. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. By the way, the Bible tells us to, to wait on the Lord, and it also tells us to wait for the Lord. Come on now. When you wait on the Lord, you are praying. You are begging, asking God to come through. When you wait for the Lord, you're expecting God to come through. Aren't you glad in the Christian life you can wait on the Lord and wait for the Lord? And in either case, God's going to show up. Now, here's what I want us to get today, and I won't be long. Look at verse number four. What, what does patience do for me? Here, I want to get this today. Patience have her perfect work. Now, there's a word per- perfect there in the Scripture. And once again, that she may be perfect. Now, once again, The Bible there saying perfect twice is not talking about perfection. It's talking about completion or maturity. How do I know if patience is working in my life? Here's what I have. I have a complete condition. In other words, when patience is working in me, it makes me mature. It makes me complete. Isaiah said, I'm undone. You know what that means? I got rough edges. I got stuff in my life that needs to get worked on, needs to get worked out. Listen, dross is burnt away from God gold when it is put through the fire and when God turns up the fire on your finances and your marriage and your family and your friendships and everything that you're facing and you feel like God why is it so hot why am I facing this why am I? God is burning off the dross in your life the impurities in your life listen to me I'll tell you why He's got to burn it off because we ain't good at putting it off Put off those things of the former conversation. Lying and cheating and immorality and foolish jesting. The works of the flesh. Galatians chapter 5 talks about it. Ephesians chapter 5. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rules of this world, against principalities and uh, spiritual wickedness in high places. I talked to a pastor this morning who's going through the fire of spiritual warfare where people lied and, and got into the church and said that they believed a certain doctrine and not believed it and walked them to the office and ran them out of there today's got to resign. Another pastor, I just looked down at my phone, standing outside a meeting to find out what some, some, some antagonists are going to do because he's preaching the truth of the word of God. Ladies and gentlemen, in the last days, we are going to face spiritual warfare. It's going to take more than a man that's got a bad temper, that's got genes in him to say, I don't put up with nonsense. I'm a grown man. Ain't nobody going to run me down. It's going to take a man who's walking in the spirit and not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. We need in these last days with a wicked postmodern society that's trying to take God out of everything, some spiritually complete Christians. Spiritually complete Christians. Let patience <clears throat> have her perfect work. Then notice what it also says that she may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So, so here's what patience does to me it gives me a complete condition, but it also gives me a content composure. That she may be perfect and entire. What are those two words? Wanting nothing. Here's what Paul said, in chapter four. I have learned that in what sort of state I am, there with to be content. By the way, when he says I have learned, you know what they, you know what that tells me? It doesn't come natural. I have learned flip chapter 4 I know how to abound I know how to be abased I know how to be full I know how to suffer need Paul knew what it was to be on the top he knew what it was to be on the bottom when when Paul got saved he was thriving he was smart he learned he knew multiple languages he was the most promising protege in Judaism everybody was looking at him Paul sat at the feet of Gamaliel he was a smart man he was a Pharisee he knew more Bible than most of us will ever learn but he was lost and on his way to a devil's hell when he got saved he said those things were lost for me for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ that I may know Oh him! Listen to me. When you get up every day, say, "I want to know Jesus more." The power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Paul said, I want to I know him, but he said, I've learned something along the Christian life. Whether I have a lot or I have a little. Whether a bunch of people are for me or everybody's against me. Whether I've got a bunch of money or my money is funny. Whether my friends have patting me on the back or they've turned against me. Whether I'm healthy or whether I'm sick. Whether things are going well for me or they're going bad. I have learned how to be content. Why? because I have all when I have the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I've told you a bunch of times, we all know the song, you, you lied on, cheated, talked about, mistreated, buked, scorned, and run down, sure as you're born up, down almost to the ground, but as long as you got King Jesus, you don't need anybody else. Listen to me, folks. I'll tell you what discontentment sh- says about us. It says that Jesus is not where he belongs in our lives. Patience makes me complete in my condition patience gives me a content composure and this is what I want to say last then I'm done but patience must be taught to someone with compliant character that's where we close this one. See, we get to verse number four. Patience, have a perfect work in you, that you may be perfect and entire one nothing. Patience, have a perfect work in you, that you may be perfect and entire one nothing. Patience, have a perfect work. Come on, patience, 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 patience. Patience is a virtue. Catch it if you can. Seldom found in a woman, never found in a man. Patience, patience, patience. I, I just want God to give me, oh, Lord, I'm praying for patience, I'm praying for patience. I, I hadn't got patience because God ain't answering my prayer. As soon as he answers my prayer, I'm going to get patience. Y'all keep praying for me that God will give me patience, that God will give I don't know, every year at Christmas, I run down to that tree open that gift and I be looking for patience but I never have patience I got patience on my birthday list I told everybody I even had a registry and patience was on the registry and nobody I just don't know if God would teach me patience I would learn but you're missing something in the verse verse number four but let patience patience can't teach nobody that ain't willing to learn we're stubborn See 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 we want complete condition. We want content composure, but we lack compliant character. Here's the problem. Patience, the teacher, is standing in the classroom. But Christians, the students, are asleep in the class. Patience, the teacher, is giving assignments. But Christians, the students, are incomplete in those assignments. Patience, the teacher, is telling you this is everything that's going to be on the test. But Christians, the students, aren't reading what patience said. Listen, I'm telling you, God can teach anybody patience that will let patience teach them. We have a compliance problem. I think my daughter was asking me yesterday she said why is it that parents don't ever have to teach their children to misbehave how many of you parents can signify by an uplifted hand you never had to go over a training course and say now little johnny little susie this is how you be bad this is how you Bow up against me. This is how you roll your eyes. Uh, Let's go through a lying course. When I ask you something, don't tell me what happened. Tell me what didn't happen. And make up a bunch of stories. And when you don't like what I say, little Susie or little Rayquana, move your neck and smack your hand and roll your eyes and say, "Uh uh-uh, whatever. You don't ever have to teach your children that. You know why? Because they're born sinners. Now, Now, watch this now. God the Father. Has never had to teach us children how to disobey. You say we have. You know, it's in it's in my family. My, my daddy was rebellious. My granddaddy was rebellious. My great granddaddy was rebellious. My great great granddaddy was rebellious. My great 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 granddaddy keep on going back all the way back to Adam. All them trees you can eat off of, but that one in the middle. Listen to me. Your great 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 granddaddy, Adam. That's all of us was rebellious. Well, I'm not. I'm just kind of a person that likes to go along with the flow. No, you don't. Ain't no such thing. Every single one of us wants to be in charge. We may express that spirit more vocally or less vocally than others, but there's not a person on planet Earth who doesn't want your own way. And we think we are smarter than our parents. And we think we're smarter than God. I'm praying that God would give me patience. He did he did he did I, 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 I just I'm just not as patient as you are don't tell anybody that because you're admitting how rebellious of a student you are but the fruit of the spirit is come on is uh, is singular verb or plural verb is Singular. Teach y'all black folks something. You don't say me and my wife is going out today. Okay. Two people, me and my, my wife and I are going out today. Right. But but is refers to singular. Okay. That's why the verse doesn't say, but the fruits of the spirit is it says the what the fruit of the spirit that means if the holy ghost is controlling you be not filled with wine wherein is excess Ephesians chapter 5 but but be filled with the spirit how can the holy ghost fill somebody that's already full of himself the filling of the Holy Spirit is impossible until I'm emptied of, of myself and I'm cleansed of sin. The filling of the Holy Spirit demands a compliance that says, you are in charge, not my will, but thine be. If it be possible, Jesus says, let this cup pass. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine. he wasn't trying to get out of the cross. This was the humanity of Jesus saying, if I could save mankind any other way other than going to the cross and becoming sin, I would. Nevertheless, he was always headed to the cross. This was the submission to the lordship of the father that the son did you and i want the filling of the holy spirit i've got to say it can't be my plans my dreams my goals my job my wishes what i want to do where i want to go what i want to think no 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 i've got to be willing to be compliant the fruit of the spirit. I hear people say some of the fruits I got and some of the fruits I don't got. I don't know why I got three fruits out of nine fruit. How many you got? Five fruits out of nine. Alright, sit down if you only got three. Stay up if you got four. Sit down if you got five. No, 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 no. The fruit of the spirit. The day I decide to be yielded to the Holy Spirit of God when he gets in control, I don't get certain fruits. I get all fruit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, temperance, faith. Goodness, all nine. You don't get some and you don't get your favorite ones and you don't claim you have them because they seem to mirror your natural personality. You Amen. yield to the Holy Ghost of God and he produces in you what could not be otherwise accomplished outside of his supernatural power. But not until I let it. And if you think you don't have patience, it is no more exposed than when you're going through trials. We were driving back, I was speaking in New Jersey. I forgive you. (laughs) I forgive you, it's all good. I'm learning patience. Thank you. <laughs> now what was I talking about? huh? you like y'all speaking in tongues. What? What driving driving. Okay, yeah, I was driving back from New Jersey yesterday from um, <clears throat> and I had, I'd crossed for, from New Jersey into Delaware over that beautiful bridge. Some I mean, of you hate that bridge. All right? Yeah, my wife don't like it either. So then we came into Delaware, and then from Delaware, you come into what? Maryland. Worst drivers in the United States of America from Maryland, <laughs> especially the ladies from. <laughs> anyway, so there's there's an accident going going north. I'm going south. on 295, I believe, and. And so the accident's over there, and it's clearly going to stop. It's two lanes, and everybody's going to be backed up for a while. But on our side, there's no accident. However, how many of you know that just because there ain't no accident on your side doesn't mean folks ain't going to slow down, right? So about eight or nine cars in front of me, the people are just slowed down almost to a stop looking at the accident. And your pastor has been learning patience through trials. But the lady from Merlin behind me, she needs some more trials. <laughs> I mean she laid on that horn. The kids were like, what is wrong? And she held it and then her hands went up. All you could see was her going, and then she got behind me, and then she zoomed to the right lane. And I love when people do this. I love when people are in a hurry, and you look at them and go, you can't go nowhere. Get on in the other lane and do the same thing you were doing in this one. Waiting. But here she goes, zoop. And my, my, my daughters looked out the window and went, I tell you one thing, you go up the road in a hurry like that and hear some sirens and get pulled over for a speeding speaking ticket, I bet you learned some patience. Maybe some of us tonight, this morning rather, are in the spiritual vehicle going through some trials and you're looking up ahead of you going, why are we stopped? So, you know why some people can't sing when they come to church? Because they're blowing the horn. Ah, they sit in service. You go, Pascal, go, sing, people, sing. They can't sing. They got the hand on the horn. Ah, I'm so mad about trials. I, I got everybody else off tomorrow. I got to work. Ah, I've been dealing with this painful... And people walk up to you and say, good morning. <laughs> be careful. Road rage will have you tearing up something. This might be God's way of saying, you need to slow down. There's something I'm trying to show you that you can't spot moving so fast hey pastor I want a complete condition I, I sure want content composure don't we all what's taking God so long I submit to you here it is. compliant character when you decide to let patience teach. I assure you, there is no student that's unable to learn. Our father, we thank you, and we bless you. My 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 we're we're ready to get out of some things and to get up the road. And yet you're telling us there's still so much to learn. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. Pastor, I'm saved. I know it. I have Bible reasons to prove it. If you know that, would you raise your hand? I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I have Bible reasons to prove it. God bless you. Put your hand up. Pastor, I need to be a better student as patient teach, patience teaches me. I've got to be more compliant. Some of you already have your hands up. That's you. Put your hand up. God bless you all over the building. i got to do better. I've, I, I, I keep... I keep blaming the teacher, but it's not the teacher, it's the student. God bless you all over the world. Hey, let's make a commitment as your hands are down. Let's make a commitment this week. I'm gonna cooperate with Patience. I- I- I'm gonna let Patience have her perfect I gotta let, I- really? Well, well, you know, I, I, I'm a talkative person, and, and, and I have a lot to offer the class. Sometimes you need to be quiet and let the teacher teach you. Let patience. Let patience have a perfect word. God help us to let, let you work. We keep saying we want to learn. Give us a compliant character. Maybe one more question today let me say pastor i'm not 100 sure if i died today i'd go to heaven but i'm sure i do not want to go to hell i'm not 100 if i died today 100 for sure for sure if i died today i'd go to heaven but i'm sure i don't want to go to hell would you pray for me if that's you would you put your hand up all over the building anyone we'd love to help you today you're tuning in online you've never accepted christ as your savior whose service call upon the name of the lord shall be saved right where you are today you admit you're a sinner believing that jesus died was buried and rose raised from the dead said dear lord forgive me of my sins and come into my heart and save me you'll repent of your sins change your mind towards sin and towards jesus right now today he'll save you you'll bow your head right where you are and pray you can trust christ christ as your savior today before it's too late and if you trust christ We'd love to know about it. You let us know here at Crossroads. For all of us as believers. Those in here and those listening in. Let's be better students. Better students. God help us. Now Father, I pray that you'll continue to do your work. Your own way. Help us, Lord. Help us not to miss what you're doing. And we love you and we bless you for being such a wonderful God. In Jesus' name and for his sake. And all God's children said.